0: coming up now and established in the faith. Naboth knew what he had, and he knew what God said about it. You see, that's the problem with a lot of churches today. That's a big problem in our country today. We don't know what we got, and we don't know what God has to say about what we got. you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 21. 1 Kings chapter 21, beginning with the first verse. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or, if it seem good to thee, I will give you the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject preaching a few minutes this morning. Not for sale. About 20 years ago when I was 14... I was wondering how long it would take some of you to catch it. You caught it a little quicker than I was expecting. When I was 14, my dad bought a 1986 Chevrolet pickup truck. We spent a lot of time in that truck. I learned how to drive on that truck got my license when i was sixteen shortly after i got my driver's license my dad was in an accident while on the job that morning working up under a a truck the chain broke and he was under it and that two thousand pound truck fell on his head and crushed his head some guys nearby saw what happened and they were able to get him out from under the truck. He died four times that morning. Was in the emergency room, the doctors working feverishly to save his life. Their facilities was very limited. And it was suggested that he be moved to a better hospital that had better equipment. We all went down to this other hospital. And they finally got him stabilized late that afternoon. And they allowed us to go in and see my dad for the first time since that accident. I lie to you not, his head was three times... It's normal size. Some of them said the plant's going to close shortly. They're going to lock the gate. We need to get the truck and get it back to the house. And so I called a ride back to the plant where my dad worked. Got in the truck. And when I looked down in the floorboard of the truck, I saw something that literally shook me to my core. And it was my dad's shoes. Somehow in the process of the accident, somebody removed his shoes and they put them in the floorboard of the truck. And when I saw those shoes... The words he spoke to me come flooding my mind, and he said, Boy, one day you're going to have to feel these shoes. And in that 1986 Chevrolet pickup truck, I prayed to God, God don't take my daddy. Lord, don't take him away.' Let me have him for a few more years. He lived another 30 years after that accident. He didn't drive the old truck that much after the accident, maybe 50 miles a week. He kept it under the shelter for many years. He thought a lot of that truck. A few days before he died, in March of 2018, he called me by the bedside and said, son, I want you to have the truck. Signed the title over to me. It needed a little bit of work. It's not good for a vehicle to sit under a shelter and not be run and so it needed a little work and so we did what we could I pulled up at the gas station the other day and I'm getting gas and somebody pulled up behind me and the guy got out and said, sir, is that your truck? I said, well, yes, it is. What do you take for it? I said, it's not for sale. It's not for sale. God has given to us an inheritance that is far more precious than anything this world has to offer. Immediately after the fall, God pointed to a Savior who would come and save mankind. The problem is that man had fallen to such an extent that he did not realize his need for a Savior. So God, in order to get man to see his need for a Savior, he would give the Ten Commandments. But he had to have a people to whom he could give those commandments to. And those people would need a place to stay. And in Genesis chapter 12, God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees, and said, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and all that he had, and into the land of Canaan they came. And the Lord appeared to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 7, and said unto thy seed, Will I give this land? Some 470 years later, God fulfilled his promise to Abraham. Now, Abraham was not alive at this time, but God fulfilled his promise. Some of you in this place, many of you listening by radio, you're asking God for something. And God has told you that you can have it, but you might not see it in your lifetime. But let me tell you this, God's promises never fail. God always comes through on his promises, and God fulfilled his promise to Abraham and Joshua led the children of Israel into battle, and they took the land. And after they took the land, it was divided up amongst the tribes. You think of that. To own something that God has chosen. To place his name on. It was sacred. In fact it was so sacred. That in Numbers chapter 36. In verse 7. God said the inheritance. Of the children of Israel. Was not to be removed from tribe to tribe. For every one of the children of Israel shall keep himself to the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. Selling the land of your fathers, departing from it, was like departing from your family. It was sacred. Only in dire situations was the land to be sold. There were times when people would go bankrupt, and they had no choice but to sell the land and to pay off their debt. And the land was so sacred that God said that in these situations, on the year of Jubilee, that land, if it was sold to pay a debt, it was to go back to the original owners. That's how sacred the inheritance of the fathers was. Whatever is sacred to God, ladies and gentlemen, ought to be sacred to us. And Naboth, 1 Kings 21, verse 1, had a vineyard. In Jezreel. Very precious. Passed down from generation to generation. Given to his forefathers some 550 years earlier. And now this vineyard belongs to Naboth. How precious! Naboth knew what he had, and he knew what God said about it. You see, that's the problem with a lot of churches today. It's the problem with a lot of people today. That's a big problem in our country today. We don't know what we got, and we don't know what God has to say about what we got. God has given unto us an inheritance that's greater than anything that this world has to offer. Just hours before Jesus would go to Calvary, he told the disciples in John 14, verse 1, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. and If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. Not only did Jesus prepare a place, you and I. But he prepared the way to get there. And there's only one way. There's not five ways. There's not ten. There's only one way. And that's through and by what Jesus Christ did for us at Calvary's cross. He said No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. We have a spiritual inheritance. God's got some good things for us in eternity. Glory to God. Glory to God. So precious. We'll see our loved ones again one day. I'll get to see my granddaddy again, my grandmother, my dad. Someone told me some time ago, Brother James, since you've been here, you've buried 22 members. We'll get to see them all again one day. How precious the place that God has prepared for us. And our loved ones that are waiting for us there. What a day. What a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face. The one who saved me by his grace. What a day. What a day that's going to be. An eternal Spiritual inheritance. And there are many today who are selling out. They're selling out their spiritual inheritance for the things of this world. I know people right now, and you do too, they sold out. And I see what they sold out for. And I'm like, they've got to be insane. You have completely lost your mind. But God has given us an inheritance now. In this life. Oh, good grace and mercy. What a joy it is. To know that I'm saved. What a joy it is to know that my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. What a joy it is to have the peace of God down on the inside. a Peace that passes all understanding. In a world that's going to hell in a handbasket and going there quick. When all else around me is falling apart, I have joy, I have peace, and it's all because of the inheritance that Jesus Christ paid for at Calvary's cross, and he has given it unto me, and he has given it unto you. What an inheritance. I've got the joy of the Lord down in my heart. I got the Holy Ghost down in my heart that leads, guides, and directs. And there's nothing like being in His presence. There's nothing like the anointing of the Lord. I feel His anointing when I'm singing. I feel His anointing when I'm preaching. I feel His anointing when I'm witnessing to someone I feel his anointing when I'm reading his word. I feel the anointing when I hear someone preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. To to feel his presence. It's our inheritance. It's our inheritance right now. And Naboth had a vineyard that was hard by the palace of Ahab. In other words, it bordered... Ahab's palace. Ahab was the most wicked, ungodly king that ever sat upon the throne of Israel. And just as Naboth's inheritance bordered Ahab's palace, our spiritual inheritance borders the world. What do I mean by that? We are in this world, but we are not of the world. Are you hearing me? We're in the world, but not of the world. The inheritance that God has given us, God has given it to us so that we can live in this world and be a testimony to others. How precious. The inheritance that God has given you has eternal consequences. Not only for yourself, but those whom you come in contact with. You think of that. I've made this statement many times and I'll say it again, no doubt. The only thing that stands between us and eternal hell. Is the cross. But you and you and me, all of us, may be the only thing that stands between someone else and eternal hell. It's part of our inheritance, it's what God has given us so precious. So precious, And Ahab said to Naboth, first kings 21 verse two, "Give me thy vineyard. Satan wants your inheritance. He wants what God has given to you now in this life. And he wants to take away your eternal inheritance. He wants it. And the pressure is on. He applies the pressure to get you to sell out what God has given you. Give me your vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs because it's near to my house. Satan wants to use it for his own worldly purposes. There's a program that comes over television called America's Got Talent. I don't watch it much. I'll flip through the channels and see it and They got some good singers up there. Most of these people that are good singers, they cut their teeth in the church house. But here they are over television, singing the world's music, entertaining the world, trying to make it big. Let me tell you this. If God's given you a talent, you use it for His glory. Don't you use it for the entertainment of the world out here. You are a fool when you do it. What God has given you should not be for sale. And I see these people over television... That are using their God given talents to be used for His glory in the church. And here they are using it for the world out here. And the sad thing about it is a lot of the church approves of it and applauds it. Selling out, selling out to the world, the flesh, the devil. Satan wants to use that gift that God has given you for his own purposes. Ahab said to Naboth, if you look there in verse 2, he said, I'll give you a better vineyard. Well, if Ahab had a better vineyard, why does he want Naboth's? Satan has nothing better for you. The only one that's got something good for you is God. And if he gives it to you, you need to thank him for it and tell the world, the flesh, and the devil, it's not for sale. That's what Naboth said. But wait a minute. I've run out of time. Naboth stood his ground. He said, it's not for sale. And Jezebel and Ahab concocted this scheme. And we read on down in this chapter where he was murdered. Why did God allow this? Here's a man that took a stand and What God's given me is not for sale, but yet God allowed this tragic thing to happen to him. Why? Y'all come on back next week and I'll tell you.